Hello everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is June the 11th. 2021 strong hand long-term thinking bitcoin is the next bitcoin be a unique beast fitting in is overrated one day closer to an all-time high buy and hold this game is not rigged personal responsibility is a new counterculture these people are in motion i bring you the best freaking guests in the space every freaking friday uh and of course i am offended by selling hello my elite friends you got to ask some questions today. We are bringing you a panel. These dudes, only Justine, Justine has been on the channel before, but she's never been on this week in Bitcoin show. And our other two dudes, Hoddle Tarantula is new to the channel and to the show. All right. And then we're going to have Heavily Armed Clown. He'll be here soon enough. He had, a, had something to take care of, taking care of business. They're in motion. All sorts of things are popping up. Hoddle Tarantula is in a freaking car. Is going to take care of some mining disaster that's going on. Uh, who knows what, we, what we're going to get here today. Anyway, anyway, type in Bitcoin Meister. Do a super chat if you've got questions, and uh, we will answer them. But let us start with some news that popped up. Was it yesterday or two days ago? I came and keep track of what darn day it is. The Elizabeth Warren uh, fudding on Bitcoin here. About uh, It's linked to below. By the way, all three guests are linked to below. Please follow them on Twitter. Uh, she said, Bitcoin requires so much computing activity that it eats up more energy than entire countries. One of the easiest and least disruptive things we can do to fight the climate crisis is to crack down on environmentally wasteful cryptocurrencies. Now, I don't know how she intends to crack down on environmentally wasteful cryptocurrencies, quote unquote. Uh, but the great uh, Saifedean said, the real climate crisis is that millions of useless delusional hysterics think atmospheric CO2 concentrations rising from 0.028% to 0.041% is carte blanche for them to control others' lives and property. Of course, Elizabeth Warren is a control freak. She uh, she wants to control other people's lives. She wants to virtue signal on these popular environmental uh, topics so that people be scared and vote for her. She is buying into the most popular Bitcoin FUD that is out there right now, the environmental FUD. But when you hear it from one of the 100 senators out there, it kind of hits you. And it's she is a person not known for her honesty, as we were talking about off air. So it, it can be bothersome. I, I don't want to put someone like her on a pedestal, but it is news this week, obviously. And uh, Justine, what is your take on this situation? Oh, well, I'm just really glad everybody has Nick Carter's dice. And we're just throwing those each week and we're just ignoring all um, all FUD busters that have already happened and all of the articles and information already out there to dispel all of this. But we're just going to go full force on uh, on the dice. I, I think Elizabeth, like we were talking about, she's not the most honest person. I don't really care what she says, um, but I think that um, the focus on on the energy used by mining is is an easy fun. And nobody ever wants to talk about the energy and lives lost to, you know, protect the petrol polar. So until that's a conversation that Elizabeth Warren wants to have, you know, I think what she says is irrelevant. Do you think she is serious, though? Do you think she's going to try to pass some legislation here, get some of her uh, senators riled up? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I think this is definitely going to be a, a battle that we're going to be fighting, right? Like this is this is not this isn't going to go easily. But the great thing is we have senators already out there fighting in the opposite. So I think that's the biggest difference right now than the last few years that this comes up is we actually have people who actually know what the heck they're talking about. You know, um, Cynthia Loomis is one of them who's out there fighting for truth. So I think that there will be pushback. Um, I think Elizabeth Warren's going to continue this along with everybody else and along with, you know, all of the, the altcoiners. I caught myself there. Um, altcoiners there who uh, benefit from this narrative. But I think that luckily at this point, like we actually have politicians who are, are pushing back. So I do feel she'll push it, but hopefully, hopefully it doesn't actually go anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's it's for the children. All this just the typical lines that uh, just trigger people's emotions. Virtue signaling. Uh, did you uh, at the conference? Uh, you, obviously, yeah, I think you heard uh, Warren Davidson and Cynthia Loomis. Did you think they're serious about this? Um, I actually had the opportunity to meet Cynthia a couple times. Um, I think that her and her team are actually like they're Bitcoiners, right? They really do truly believe in this um, and they're approaching it the correct way. I think they're digging in. They're wanting to be educated and they're going to the right sources. Um, Unchained Capital has kind of been like a resource for Cynthia and her team as well from an education standpoint. And I think that that shows a lot. You know, where are you going to get your information? Where are you going to learn? If you're reaching out to Bitcoin only companies and really trying to get like in the right place, I think that shows a lot. Yes, I mean, I, I feel like Cynthia um, and uh, yeah, I, I feel they're serious. I didn't get to hear most of their talk there and I haven't been able to show uh, watch the, the restreams at this point. It was a busy week for me. Um, but yes, after having conversations with them, I yes, I, I do think that it makes me feel a little better having them on our side, essentially fighting back against some of the completely useless fun. There you go, guys. Some Bitcoin insider information. She's met with Cynthia Loomis. Pound that freaking like button. All right. <laughs> now we go to Hoddle Tarantula. He hasn't met with me. He's no senator's son. Come on, dude. What do you take about this highfalutin Elizabeth Warren and what she's got to say? Man, I am not one to support anybody who has anything to do with dishonesty. And the entire base of that lady's career seems to be being pushed to the top by willing to be dishonest to the public in order to get the people that are controlling her, you know, where they want to be. And man, if, if they're ready for war, I'm ready to bring it. I, we have the statistics in this and, and everything is on our side. You know, the, the truth is timeless in my, in my eyes. And there's nothing that, that they're going to be able to do to stop it. They're going to introduce legislation as Justine said, surely I agree with everything she said. Uh, so I'm not gonna, you know, go and repeat everything she just said. Uh, but uh, I will go on a little rant and say that the dishonesty doesn't last. It doesn't prevail, and and that's the basis of their foundation in its entirety. And I am just ready to go, ready Dis to smash it. Dishonesty doesn't prevail, but I, I gotta tell you, dude. In this world of fake news that we're living in today, okay, it lasts a really long time. There are some narratives. It does. There are, this narrative of killing the environment is not dying. There are people selling on it, okay? We had uh, Kevin O'Leary was at the freaking conference, okay, talking about mm -hmm. green Bitcoin and everything like that. He's not shutting up about it. So <laughs> – I, I'm not. I'm not waiting around for dishonesty to, to, to end here. I'm not. I'm not holding my breath. Okay. I. Yeah. One thing. The one. Neither thing, am I. 
the one thing we love about Bitcoin is that it is the one honest thing out there. It is the security mm-hmm. truth machine. It is the security truth machine, and it is valuable in this world of dishonesty. <laughs> that that's one of its uh, uh, main attributes there. So I'm I'm not holding my breath on uh, these uh, on on people saying, you know what, Elizabeth Warren is a fraud. Does it tell you the truth? Uh, it, it seems to me that her her type of uh, politician seems to be gaining more and more uh, clout in the United States, uh, unfortunately. So. Uh, Talking about the, the you're the right. Naive, fear wait. sells. Yes. Oh, and, no, oh sorry, Adam. Oh. <laughs> you, you're right. Fear sells. It's horrible, and uh, I think that's why it's important that we keep memeing these people to death with the truth. Yes, and the the the, the talking about the fear narrative. We're gonna, that kind of permeates like all the subject matters that we're gonna or many of the subject matters that we're gonna get into today, <laughs> including um, Jesse. Do you have anything uh, more to say about Elizabeth Warren before we drop her? Like a uh, you know what? <laughs> no, I think I think politicians are are scared of something that t- takes power away from them, and we should always consider that when taking the opinions of politicians. Always, even if they're saying what we want to hear, right? Like this should always be viewed as um, let's look at the incentives, let's look at you know what the incentive structure oh, yeah. is and the power that they have. Um, so, I mean, everything should be taken with a grain of salt. I don't think this fud's going away. Um, I think it's one that people actually will blindly listen to, right? Uh, so it's going to be just a, a consistent pushback, pushback. I think we have really great information out there to push back with it. We just have to get a little bit better about doing so. So yes. I think it, it, it's not going away. I will say it's becoming less and less irrelevant. The the noise is is becoming to be blocked out by actual action. So I think that will continue. Well, well here, but, but going back to the noise of it all, we are now living in an era where the mainstream media covers Bitcoin much more so than it did four years ago. So they, this is the kind of thing they pick up on so easily when a senator that they love says something like this. So, I mean, everyone's got to brace themselves. This is going to make huge yep. national news if she keeps talking about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it will go away. I'm not saying that um, the noise is quiet. The noise will just continue to get loud. Bitcoin is a revolution and revolutions aren't easy. Um, and, yeah, things are going to get messy, just the way it is. We should all be prepared for that. <laughs> All right, now yeah, I, I want to talk, get them hands dirty. <laughs> I want to talk about the naivete. We also Justine mentioned Nick Carter. I've mentioned him many times. Just follow him on Twitter, and yes, he debunks all the energy fud. You know, we we've had guests uh, two weeks ago. We had Nima, a, a great guy who wrote an article. People watch that; it's in the archives. It's everything's linked to below. Disruptmeister.com. Check it out. The archives. All right. Now, talking about naive people, though, at the beginning of the week and the mainstream media totally lying. Uh, the beginning of the week, uh, people were talking about the colonial pipeline hack and how the uh, United States has has gotten the Bitcoin back. The, the ransom, the ransom that was paid, uh, was uh, reacquired or acquired by the United States of America. And uh, some people were saying. The New York Times actually was confused or lied or who knows. And, and, and basically they said the, the, the government hacked into hacked Bitcoin, uh, which they the, 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 there was a reaction. <laughs> there was a price reaction. The, the price yeah. did drop. Yeah. Now, what exactly happened? Was it being stored at a third party? Uh, was it uh, not stored? You know, was the private key exposed some way? There was some mistake. And it just goes to show you that, you know, Bitcoin is not the villain here. The villain are the people who have pipelines and who do this ransomware type of stuff, okay? And they make mistakes. 
but the incredible overreaction of people is, is a tremendous story here. So I'll start with Hadel Tarantula. What, what was your take on this whole situation? My whole thoughts on that were are that if you believe the garbage that goes along with that, sell your Bitcoin. I'll buy it. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, if anybody honestly believes this, it's it's totally laughable. I mean, well, you're such a smart hacker that you're able to hack the, this pipeline, but but yet you're you're storing your keys on a on a on a public on another server like this. Like, are you, are you kidding me? This is the most asinine type of response. I mean, and method of storage for somebody that's supposed to be on that level uh, in regards to their knowledge of computers and 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 how they game and everything. It's just absurd. Uh, I honestly think that it, it's a spook move. I, I don't. I'm not buying that crap. All right. Now let's let's talk about the overall narrative, though, that it plays into. That it it, it connects Bitcoin and the word uh, ransomware. Okay. It, and Russians. Okay. Now I, I have my doubt about. It. <laughs> and and these are all things that are fearful. Ransomware and Russians. The the uh, eighty percenters of the world have been trained to like drool and get scared when they when they hear those things now. <laughs> you know, Russia is so, so Russia is so weak. It is just pathetic that people have been trained to fear such a weak country. But they they they're they're tying them all together <laughs> again. And I I think the, the narrative of Bitcoin and ransom. And I think Elizabeth Warren might have even mentioned that Bitcoin's used by I don't. It was she will soon enough. So who knows? <laughs> I, I have. I have something to say about that, that the Bitcoin, so the nature of Bitcoin in itself is a public ledger, uh, uh, you know, you can identify a pseudonym if somebody's willing to reveal themselves, but ultimately being that it's a public ledger, you can trace, you know, these transactions. Uh, it takes somebody with extreme skill to be able to cover their tracks. And, and, and in a lot of cases, it's, it's still difficult to do this. Uh, uh, but because of the properties of Bitcoin and it being a public ledger, I'd venture to counter their FUD and say that, you know, if they are going to ask for Bitcoin using ransomware, that just means there's a better chance that they'll be able to recover their funds. No, no, yeah, I, I agree. That, that, that is a very good point. <laughs> that, that is a great, a, a great point because there's some leaders. I mean, there's some leaders. Is the worst thing you could use for illicit activity. Seriously. And and that that is an excellent point because some leaders and some uh, leaders in, in politics and, and in the private uh, sector are saying yeah they should make Bitcoin illegal so this isn't possible anymore no 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 Bitcoin being legal it helps track down these criminals uh, some of them so that right. that, that that is a, a and and it's shown if this is all true or partially true or twenty percent true uh, <laughs> that they they use Bitcoin to, to, to track down these people clearly the, the story the mainstream story that's out there there are lies in the story how how big are the lies um, was it out so, like did someone hire the, the the hacking group and then they didn't store the Bitcoin properly? Uh, who? Hmm. I mean, can, first of all, if that was the case, let's hear the name of the criminals. Let's 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 blame the party that did this. Who hired the hacking group? Are they Americans? And then you know, arrest them. Don't don't make Bitcoin illegal. Arrest the criminals. You you don't. <laughs> it's a complete overreaction to say Bitcoin no, should no, be no. illegal. Bitcoin. Oh, well, you, you there. Hang on. Hoddle, you there? Okay. Let's go to uh, 
Sorry about that. Uh, Justine, your take. Yeah, I think there's two different two different things I'll focus on here. One is the actual thing that happened. And Alex Thorne did a really good review of it. Essentially, what they traced was that these individuals used some sort of trading desk or exchange that the U.S. government could put a warrant in and then you know gain access to those funds. They didn't hack Bitcoin. They didn't hack someone's keys. Um, these individuals didn't have the keys in the first place, right? Not your keys, not your coins. The second aspect of that, though, I think shows this reaction in the market shows a very still, um, very clear, un, like misunderstanding how uh, how uh, Bitcoin works, right? People don't get it. People don't understand how Bitcoin works. People don't understand how keys work. And I think that that does show a room for education, which is something I'm super passionate about. I know I yell about it all the time. Um, but I do think it does actually show the need for additional education for people, because if they they hear that, you know, the government saying, hey, we like we um, took custody of someone's Bitcoin in their wallet. No, you didn't. You you went to the exchange and said, hey, we want their Bitcoin. And you they gave it to you from their wallet. It was never in the hacker's wallet. Right. Like so that's just the words used for what a wallet is, you know, what it. What a wallet that you hold the keys to versus, say, you know, an exchange account where somebody else is holding Bitcoin that they have an IOU to you for. So I think it just shows like a really lack of understanding in the market still. It shows how early we are. Um, but, yeah, it's not shocking that the narratives that came out of this were Bitcoin's bad. We hacked it. Now we need to stop people from using it because, you know, it's used for bad things because, you know, the U.S. dollar is never used for anything corrupt ever, um, ever. So clearly, Bitcoin's bad because somebody used it for bad things. Like it, it's just the narrative is not shocking to me. I was somewhat surprised about the market response, and I think it does very much show a lack of understanding. But hey, that's a um, that's a that's an area we can improve on, right? Like the better the education is, more people learn, and uh, yeah, then maybe that you know won't be an issue anymore. It's still going to be for a while, but I think it does show how early we are. Well, the, you bring up the market response, and that it was uh, somewhat surprising. I think, again, we're going to have to get used to it. Every FUD story that the national media covers for now on, people are going to keep falling for it. There are many, many, the weak hands so outnumber the strong hands. The people who understand what controlling your private key is so outnumber the people who just keep it at Coinbase. I mean, it's so, well, are not, at, are, are outnumbered by the people at Coinbase. So, what I was trying to say, all the ignorant people out there outnumber the people who know what they're talking about, whether it be with storage uh, and, and and whether it be with, uh, you know, price reactions and stuff. There's so many more weak hands out there than strong hands. Hoddle Tarantula, you were, uh, your sound went off beforehand. Do you have any, anything more to say? Oh, uh, no, just that I, I agree with Justine uh, 100% uh, in regards to, you know, picking up the education aspect of it and bringing that to the forefront and, and it being one of the major ways that we'll be able to benefit going forward in, in, in regards to fighting all of this. Um, I, I want to say in the in the chat right now, no one's typing in Bitcoin Meister, but I did glance. We got a guy from Lagos, Nigeria. He's in he's in Lagos right now. He says strong hands, long term thinking, dude. My friend from Lagos there, I've been talking about Nigeria and Bitcoin on this channel since 2015. In 2015, I told people, you turn that worthless Naria, that's, or whatever it's pronounced, the, 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 the currency over there, into Bitcoin now. And I hope you did, dude, because that thing got inflated away. Man, do they have terrible monetary policy in Nigeria. And that's a serious – Nigeria, by the way, by 2050, 
Nigeria will have more people in it than the United States. So the demographers say. So that's a serious thing. I hope that Nigerians value your freaking wealth in Bitcoin. That's one of the sayings here. Pound that like button. All right. So we're going to leave uh, We're gonna leave that topic, uh, the uh, whatever we were just talking about there. I can't stand this, this these hacking fugs, fuds anymore. I just, I just know um, more and more <laughs> – Every day that the national media is talking about a new uh, ransomware case and a, a hack. And the bottom line is these companies, they've got to secure themselves. Uh, all right. They, they have during this the last year, a lot of people are working from home now and they've allowed they've given people their per, the computers uh, access from home. And it's, it's easier for the hackers to uh, hack in when people are not careful at home. And I think that's that's part of what we're seeing right now. So you private uh, corporations who get bitter and say, oh, it's Bitcoin's fault, fix your freaking security, all right? All right, on, on, that, on that note, um, let's move on to something that we all learned about at the, at the conference or at the end of the conference. It was, it was announced uh, that El Salvador is going well they're going to to, to make bitcoin uh, allow bitcoin to be a uh, official uh, currency there okay uh what's the what's the exact term i forgot i can't even think of the darn term legal tender. Legal, legal tender that's how much i care about legal tender that that right there people know <laughs> adam is not spending his bitcoin he doesn't you know what to to call i mean I, you know, I i i had the bitcoin beach guy on here a year ago too and 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 prop, props to him for i guess starting the revolution in el salvador but uh so so the, the president he seems to be all in if you go to his twitter feed it's linked to below all right and it looks like he's a freaking Bitcoiner. He's retweeting like everyone, and he's talking about volcanoes and mining and uh, and now volcanoes, the volcanoes, man. Vol, vol, yes. Volcano. What timeline are we on? I love it. <laughs> everyone and, and everyone is loving it. Everyone's loving it. But I have my questions about this situation. I am of the school. I will believe it when I see it. So that the, his Congress or his Senate or whatever it is called that they passed it real fast. But will people really? Real people really use it, and I, I just need to I need to point out again, it is different. You know, declaring it legal tender uh, is a lot different for, from them uh, having it in their uh, having it in their uh, reserves, and and I do hope they do that. And mining, uh, saying they're going to mine it from volcanoes seems really cool. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Hadel Tarantula, you probably know about mining and volcanoes, uh, well, mining from volcanoes more than most people. So I'll start with you. Uh, is this guy, is he, <laughs> is he trying to distract from other issues? Is he, is he jumping onto a bandwagon? Is, is he going to go through with this? Could the IMF just bribe him to stop doing this? Uh, uh, should, uh, I'm not putting him on a pedestal too much. I think a lot of people are. Uh, what's your take, Hadel Tarantula? I, uh, I'm, I'm with you on this. Uh, I, I believe actions speak louder than words when it comes to politics. Um, I, I hope and pray that the man is, uh, you know, keeping it a hundred, so to speak, when it comes down to, you know, having all this go through. And when the IMF tries to scare him, I, I hope that he holds his conviction because you know that they're gonna, they're gonna dig in and say, Hey, you know, uh, this may not work out well for you long term, and uh, they're going to try and scare them. I, I know this. Uh, it's, it's their tactics. It's their way. 
Um, and, you know, it's it will absolutely destroy the energy FUD in regards to, uh, you know, uh, CO2 emissions for Bitcoin mining and other things like that, because mining Bitcoin off a of geothermal from a volcano utilizes steam and turbines. And this is completely green under all uh, walks. There's nothing you can say about it to, to spin FUD in regards to the energy. And so I think that there, you know, there's going to be a lot of fear tactics uh, implemented and I just hope that uh, that this guy uh, has strong hands in regards to his conviction, because what he's doing literally is providing a future for his citizens. I mean, a future that that involves sovereignty and true freedom. And you know that the powers that be, that's not what they're about at all. It's for them. It's all about control and fear and, and keeping the narrative. And so. I just hope that, that he stands strong in his resolve and that, uh, you know, things work out and, and that uh, eventually they, they put it in as the reserve, too, because, I mean, this is a strong move. Uh, they say that Bitcoin uses as much energy as a small country. Well, yeah, well, now a small country is using Bitcoin and it's providing freedom and benefits to millions of people who never had the ability to, you know, compete in local commerce before because they, they literally couldn't get a bank account. Seventy percent of the citizens in that country are unbanked. And because of what they're doing now, these people cannot participate in, in the local economy. It's totally life and game changing for all of them. And, and if the IMF wants to come in and take that away, well, I guess that just shows what they're really all about, which is destruction of humanity. All right. Pound that like button, everybody. Heavily Armed Clown is in the house. How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me. Sorry I'm late. <laughs> dude, dude, did you, just, did you just get in like two minutes ago? I wasn't looking to see if you were coming in. Yeah, I, I just snuck in. Okay, so you heard the question uh, uh, that we're talking about. You didn't hear us talking about Elizabeth Warren, but you heard us talking about uh, El Salvador then. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, you were at the event, um, and I, I it was a pleasure to meet you in person. Likewise. Uh, we, were, we were in the tent together when it was a million freaking degrees in the Swan Tent. We were on, on some show of theirs, and uh, we, we, we agreed on, uh, I believe, that 2021 is like 2013. We can talk about that later. But um, – my good memory working there, but uh, all right. Let you you had something to say about. First of all, this was announced at the end of the event. I thought it would have been nice to announce it at the beginning of the event because by the end of the event, when they announced that they had opened the open bar, people were drunk, people weren't in the room anymore, and so I didn't even know fully what was going on. And eh, whatever, that was just my take on the situation. But heavily armed clown, uh, I have my worries about this. I don't know how serious this pre El Presidente really is, if he's just doing it for attention, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how serious is this? Uh, what is your take on the whole situation? I think you're right to be skeptical. I think we should be skeptical of all of these politicians, right? I mean, um, one thing's for sure, what we're seeing, what I'm, I can't tell the difference anymore, which one of these guys are genuinely interested in Bitcoin because they think it's a useful technology that can improve their uh their citizenry's lives, or if these people are just engagement farming at this point, especially, you know, seeing like Sean Hannity adding laser eyes yesterday is just kind of like, eh, I, don't, I don't know about this guy. It's like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, but I will say like, if you haven't gone and listened to the Twitter spaces um, with, um, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, um, the president of Car El Salvador. Yeah, but it, it, Nick Carter was the host, yeah. Uh, it's worth a listen, right? Because, um, 
certainly in the West, right? I'm really used to a certain way of doing things in politics. Um, generally, these types of people, they're not, they don't come into these open discussion forums and just answer any question that's thrown at them. They read off a script, right? They, or they, they pre-field their questions to make sure that they're prepared to uh, contend with certain narratives and uh, push things in certain directions. And they, they always want to be in control. Uh, I didn't get that impression at all with the Twitter spaces conversation. It was very open. Um, he answered a lot of questions that many politicians would probably just say, I don't have a comment on that, or I'm, I'm not prepared to talk about that. Um, what, what was surprising to me is that uh, they actually asked him if part of this move towards Bitcoin was motivated by fears of monetary inflation, to which he said no. Uh, and then he was also asked uh, whether or not they intended to hold Bitcoin as a reserve currency or like on their nation's balance sheet, to which he said, um, we're, we're not ruling out the idea. Uh, so it almost seemed to me like they, they haven't really thought this through. And I actually wonder if they even expected... Um, as much of a blowback from the IMF and the global monetary hegemony order as they got. I mean, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, maybe it'd be naive to think that they didn't expect some sort of blowback. But uh, I think we're going to find out, depending on whether or not he's willing to stand up to these people, you know, the, this this group of thugs that runs the global financial order. If he's willing to stand up to them, well, then he probably really does have his people's best interest at heart, because I think we're seeing in real time what strike and what lightning and what Bitcoin can do for uh, the people of El Salvador and, and other countries like it. Right now, now you you heard him speak that this is great. You were there for the conversation. This is it, people say he has some autocratic tendencies. I, I haven't done the research yet. Did anyone ask him about that? Well, who who says that though? I I I heard I've heard it. I don't. I've heard it. I've I don't know yet. I haven't checked it out myself. People try to say there's fud out there. Say, like, oh, a dictator has uh, adopted Bitcoin. I mean, it's fud against Bitcoin. I just was wondering if anyone did bring up his politics at all during the question and answer. Not to my knowledge. I don't think anybody asked him a question like that. So I, I just want to say I do not know how he rules El Salvador. I have not had time to research uh, if, if the Senate is legitimate and if he's a semi-dictator. I know he's a young guy uh, for a, a president. He, he's not 40, right? I mean that's uh, that's, that's pretty darn young uh, for, for, for a leader. He's so, 36, okay. I think. So no one no – one, good. No, he no just one turned no 40. Oh, he just turned. He just turned forty because his his brother called uh, him a boomer in that call because he had just turned forty. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Justine, what do you, what do you what's your take on this? I mean, I I think I agree here on a lot of different aspects. I think skeptical is what we all should be. Um, I think there's a couple of things that that kind of stick out to me, and I was in that call or part of it, and and heard him, and I thought it was kind of insane that he just sat there and answered questions and was totally okay with it. Like he didn't feel. Like he was concerned with how that was opening him up to things. So a couple things. One, um, the fact that he could say, this is what we're doing. And Congress is like, yes, sir. And it's done within a few hours. And then, you know, the next day we're talking about mining. And then, then you know, like things are new, new wells are being drilled into volcanoes. One, that does show some, you know, centralization, right? Which is not great in all regards. Um, so I think concern, being skeptical is always good. But the beauty about Bitcoin, though, is right. Like this guy could be a total dictator. Um, he could be doing it for his own gain. He could be doing it for popularity. And it doesn't really matter because if he somehow it helps his people from um, the country be able to have access to money that gives them freedom, then then 
his intent, intentions are irrelevant, right? So that's one thing that I really enjoy about Bitcoin and the incentives and the lineup of it. Um, but I will say just based on like the FUD, right, around how he does things, their COVID restrictions are like super intense. So I think that, you know, I mean, but maybe there's a reason for it. I think that the idea of who's saying that, you know, like mainstream media is telling us he's a dictator. That doesn't actually mean he is. It seems like he's pretty popular in his own country. Um, but yeah, I think we should always really be skeptical of any politician that comes out. I also agree with the whole laser eye thing. Like, I'm I'm not like I'm I think it's kind of weird that we're living in a world where people are putting laser eyes to become relevant, right? Like we've seen celebrities do it, we've seen sports stars do it because they want to show their NFT. You know, like this has become this is where we are on the timeline that it's now cool to put laser eyes on your profile because Bitcoin is now like socially cool. But I think it goes back to, uh, I think Mr. Hoddle says it all the time, like, yeah, but it's good for Bitcoin, right? Like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter why people are using it and what their incentive is because Bitcoin is designed in a way that it, it like um, incur your greed turns into good for all, then fine. At the end of the day, it's a relic. I'm really, um, I think the focus should be on Bitcoin Beach. I think what they've been doing is amazing. I heard about it when uh, Peter McCormick first went out there and was kind of like, really mind blown that this was just a thing that somebody decided they were going to, you know, we're just going to build an ecosystem. And now it's turned into this. I think it's huge. Props to them. Props to Miles Sutter um, and the team at Square who kind of jumped in and Jack and all of them. So yeah, I, I, I think that it's huge. I think this is huge. Um, but I do think we should focus more on the people and less on the politicians. That's, that's my, that's my take. I, I'm glad you brought up these restrictions of, of the virus restrictions they have. I, I don't like hearing that. That means I can't, you know, all these people ask me, should I move to El Salvador? Should I visit El Salvador? As Americans, you probably can't right now if there's if there's tough restrictions. I don't want that put something up my nose. I mean, nose. I think you can. Well, I, I think you can go. I just think that there, I mean, here's the thing is it's, I've looked into slightly, you know, we all have to dig into our own research. They're welcoming people. People are going down. I think there's just restrictions on sort of gatherings, probably in cities. Um, and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, just consideration of that. Yeah, no, no, it's a, it's a good, I'm glad you brought up the, the, the restrictions. And uh, it was a heavily armed clown said it, it's good. He wasn't, he wasn't reading from a script. So he does understand Bitcoin and politicians do read from the scripts. At, at the uh, Miami Bitcoin conference, there were two uh, female I, I, politicians the, the second day. Um, that were clearly reading from a script. It was terrible. It, it, I mean, that one mentioned equity and Bitcoin. I mean, I wanted to vomit. I, I couldn't. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. But I will say this: they, uh, those, those two uh, Miami politicians, they, they bought in. They want Bitcoin. They want the money. They want cryptocurrency coming to the Miami area. Just wanted to toss that in there when we're talking about El Salvador becoming a uh, Bitcoin-friendly country. I mean, it's clear that the South Florida uh, area, the South Florida area, is all in in terms of politics. Uh, for making it a, a Bitcoin or cryptocurrency uh, happy place, even when these these clue, two clueless politicians are, are you know that we're, we're going to give you a big space and they're talking about all this, but it's uh, from and Suarez gave a pretty good uh, the mayor gave a good opening speech. It, it was somewhat scripted. All right, but we'll, we'll get to we'll get to that review in a second. I wanted to backtrack a tiny bit because the the, the great uh, heavily armed clown did not get to take say his opinion on Elizabeth Warren's uh, latest FUD and uh, the Colonial Pipeline FUD. So uh, I'll let you uh, talk about those two broad subjects uh, right now. Okay, right on the spot, all right. Um, I mean, uh, Elizabeth Warren, what do you do with Elizabeth Warren? I mean, gee, gosh, 
you're talking about just a politician who hasn't really done anything in her life other than raise money and tell people what to do. Um, you're talking about probably what I would consider like one of the biggest establishment snakes. I mean, just literally any, anybody that provides cover fire for like some of the most wicked organizations on the planet is you're looking at people like Elizabeth Warren and, and pseudo intellectuals eat it up, right? Because they see her and they hear what she says and they think she sounds smart and she's a woman and they say, Oh yeah, this is great. We need more of this. You're talking, I mean, these, these are the types of people that are willing to just go on television or on a stage and just lie, just lie to, to create whatever narratives they need to create to protect their special interests. Um, and I don't know if anybody saw the video floating around shortly after she made that video, but she, someone was filming her stepping off of her private jet and she's hiding behind one of her aides as she's walking down the tarmac. Um, cause she doesn't want to be seen because it totally just viscerates her narrative that, oh, you know, climate change is destroying the world and we need to limit how much electricity you use and stay at home pleb because, um, I I'm the only one who's important. And, and just that you can't have that kind of cognitive distance when you're that type of politician that, that just lies and lies and lies. There's no consistency in what she says. And you, you know, if, if Elizabeth Warren was was genuine in some of the things that she says about um, being for equality and, and being for, um, you know, fixing the financial system, well, then the first place she'd be looking is Bitcoin. She wouldn't be bad mouthing. And it's obvious that she has ulterior motives um, to what those are, you know, to what end. Who knows? Um, uh, and then what was the other one? Yeah, colonial that the, the, the people freaked out and sold because they thought uh, the colonial pipeline hack uh, Bitcoin was actually hacked and how Bitcoin now the mainstream media is constantly connecting it with uh, ransomware that's pretty hilarious it's it's just funny I I, th I tweeted uh, pack it up boys the government broke shot 256 right because you don't you don't have to know you don't have to be a cryptographer to know that that just isn't a thing that the government can't just break Bitcoin. It can't just like hack Bitcoin. Because uh, if, if Shot Tip 56 was broken, we'd have a lot of problems like really quickly all over across the, the entire spectrum of the internet and in and, and a lot of aspects of technology if cryptography was just suddenly broken. Um, it, it's just ridiculous. I think Matt O'Dell had a really good take on this. If anybody got a chance to listen to the most recent Rabbit Hole Recamp where he sort of said, you know, here's, uh, there's a couple scenarios on how this might've went down and, and really likely what it is um, is somebody had, you know, I, these types of hacks, they, they don't need to necessarily be extremely sophisticated people. The ransomware came from a third party. You know, it, the hacker might not have been technically sophisticated at all. They might have just had um, a very simple inroad into what was probably a pretty insecure system, right? And they might not have even known much of anything about Bitcoin. They might have thought Bitcoin was anonymous. Um, you know, they, they clearly didn't have a very good um, understanding of on-chain analytics and, and the way UTXO management and those types of things work. So um, I, I think what happened here, you know, it's, it's possible it was a false flag, right? But I think what's happened here is somebody who really didn't know a whole lot about what they were doing was shocked that they were able to pull this off and then took a whole bunch of Bitcoin and ended up losing it to the federal government some way, shape or form. All right. Good, 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 good addition to the conversation there. I think uh, the other two members, we, we I think I think we all have agreed on these uh, these topics here. Just have a strong hand, people. Do not believe uh, uh, the, when New, the New York Times implies something's been hacked. Uh, they, they they're pretty clueless over there, too. I mean, my, my well, Lord. Also consider when the FUD comes out, the price goes down. 
people are buying. So quit giving people your Bitcoin just from some ridiculous FUD that is so easily countered. So yeah, just, you know, people are trying to trying to trick you out of your Bitcoin. Be smart. I want to, I want to go to another, I'll believe it when I see it a topic here, a uh, Jack Dorsey who was at the event. I don't think he was there that long. I didn't really see him, but, uh, he, he's saying that, uh, that uh, I, I want the direct quote. He's talking about that. Someone asked him a question about Lightning Network being incorporated into uh, his one of his platforms. He says, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey has said that it's only a matter of time before Bitcoin's Lightning Network is integrated into Twitter or Blue Sky. Now, there's Twitter or Blue Sky. There's a big difference between Blue Sky and Twitter. If Lightning Network was incorporated into Twitter, my Lord. It's huge. This blue sky thing doesn't even exist yet. So a lot of people are getting excited. It, it's it's just talk right now. So I will believe it when I see it. Uh, if it's on Twitter, if, 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 if that that'll be huge. If it's incorporating the blue sky, okay, good. He did something there. But uh, what, Justine, what's your take on that? Is it is it really happening? Is it going to really happen on Twitter? Or is it going to happen on blue sky? Well, I. Don't... <sighs> Who knows, right? So the the tweet essentially was asking him, hey, you know, when are you going to integrate Lightning into Twitter or Blue Sky? And he said, uh, it's only a matter of time, right? So, I mean, I have I have mixed feelings with Jack Dorsey. On one hand, I think Twitter is a shit show. Excuse me, sorry. Um, but on the other hand, the way that he does Square and the team that he has there, like part of me feels... He really like this is Bitcoin is a thing for him that he really cares about. And he's really trying to help it in some way, shape or form. Right. Maybe Twitter, he doesn't have as much control over. Who knows? Like we could theorize about why he is these completely different people in these different places. But I mean, I think lightning into Twitter, he's talking about tipping. That would make sense. Right. Like that's a cool idea. If you're going to tip, why not use, you know, the hardest money in the world? Um, I don't know. I would say don't hold our breath. Um, I would say that it's probably more likely of whatever new social media plan he has in the back of his mind would include lightning and maybe tips. You know, Twitter hasn't really been um, very um, accepting <laughs> of Bitcoin in general. Um, so I would be shocked if he could somehow get that past this, you know, essential board of people who seem to be pushing back on everything that has to do with freedom. Um, I would I would bet money that it would be on whatever new project he's working on but you know who knows time will tell yeah uh he is <laughs> there's a somewhat shady aspect to him because twitter is it, it cracks down on so many people but then his personality is oh yeah open space let everyone talk and there, there's some contradiction uh, uh who knows what's going on behind the scenes if he controls anything at twitter uh, i i i don't but my again my main concern is uh, i think twitter i've said this for years and years that twitter would be a great place for, for Bitcoin uh, to, to be used and, you know, to upvote things to do who knows what with it. So if it actually happened, it would be so exciting. But I I, I, can, I have heard so many rumors about so many things uh, during my time in the Bitcoin space. And you just you can't believe it until you see it. Uh, Tarantula, what's your take on uh, on this? Is uh, Tarantula in the house? Tarantula, unmute yourself. What's is anybody here in Tarantula? Oh, Tarantula, say something. All right, no, then we'll go. Still we'll muted. we'll, we'll yeah. go to Heavily Armed Clown. Your take. Okay. Um, well, so in the depths of the bear market back in like 2018, maybe 2019. Oh, I don't, oh, 
We'll just keep going. We'll, we'll get to you in a second, Tarantula. Keep okay. going. Sorry. In the depths of the bear market, uh, there was a Twitter application developer who built a service called Tippin.me. Uh, and if you recall, he actually managed to integrate. Um, I, I don't think he integrated it directly into Twitter because I don't think Twitter has much of an a open API. But uh, he basically added like a lightning tip button to people's tweets if you had the right applications installed browser side. Um, and you could tip people for tweets through this application. Uh, and I don't, I don't really want to say too much, um, but I know uh, I need I need to be careful here. Um, I, I I have pretty good reason to believe that that guy may or like may have been working with Twitter. Um, I don't know like to what extent. I don't know for how long. Um, I only know that you know Jack Dorsey saw kind of project he was working on and was really interested, um, and. I, you know, I, I don't know where he's at or what he's doing now, but I certainly know that they that they've seen that it's possible, right? Because this was done like two years ago. Um, so maybe it's not up to Twitter standards. Maybe there's resistance at the corporate level. Um, who knows? I don't know. But it, it's totally possible, uh, and it definitely seems like they're dragging their feet on this type of thing, for sure. All right, that that is a very unique take on the whole thing. I, I like that uh, insider info. All right. Go, go for it, uh, Tarantula. Well, I, I just don't, uh, I don't understand how this is going to uh, be in line with uh, the stuff I've seen Twitter do uh, in the past. Uh, they have been quick to censor stuff and people if it doesn't go along with uh, the narrative. And, uh, and Bitcoin doesn't operate like that. Bitcoin is censorship resistant. So the fact that, uh, it, you know, it is that I, I don't know how that's going to be in line with anything that Twitter actually does. And so I don't think the board would appreciate that uh, because, uh, in my opinion, they are a bunch of censorship lovers. Uh, maybe not Jack, per se, but I don't see him uh, like uh, doing anything to, uh, you know, get uh, some people's accounts back online that have been suspended, uh, even though some of the FUD has been disproven. Uh, that they were suspended over. Uh, so I could see possibly it being implemented on the other platform, like Justine said, uh, because I just, I don't think that uh, Twitter uh, and their ideologies are in line with what Bitcoin actually stands for and what Lightning Network is all about. So I, I think that uh, uh, for them to say that it will be on Twitter, that they're just, uh, what do you call it, uh, blowing smoke, uh, and that most likely if... Uh, it probably will occur on that uh, blue sky, which I'm actually just hearing about now. So, but uh, if it happens, that that's what my thoughts are. If I could add real quick, I would also be really surprised um, if Twitter just like rolled out like fully Bitcoin interoperable tipping with no form of KYC whatsoever. I, I would be shocked. Oh yeah, that that's a really great yeah. point. There's got to be KYC if it's going to involve a public company like Twitter. I mean, yeah. That, that's, uh, yeah, but they'll be asking me for my address if they implement something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And speaking about Twitter banning people, free Alex Spetsky, man. They uh, they got rid of his account, uh, and it was great to meet him in person, of course, in uh, Miami. And I want to remind everyone, watch. Yes, I did a show yesterday, Thursday. It was like a 90-freaking-minute show, like a record-long show. I know some of you like long shows. It's linked to below, people. I was talking about this Miami Bitcoin conference that we're about to uh, 
we're, we're, we're about to talk about right this second. So it's time. Now, now Tarantula, you weren't at the uh, conference. You're, you're working your tuchus off with the doing your thing. But, but you'll, get, you'll get to chime in on this too. I'll, I'll tie you in. Because yesterday, after yesterday's show, I saw there was some news that I did not cover, that I did not know about. And that news was from uh, NBC, some NBC, MSNBC, CNBC, all, uh, Bloomberg, some of this mainstream stuff. They picked up on a tweet. You know, they, they, are, they get their news from freaking Twitter. Okay, you know, we're talking about Twitter. Um, that this Larry Cermak, Larry Cermak, he, what, he worked for the block or something at one point. Lawmat, he is a drama queen, obviously. Everyone who I hung out with in Miami got COVID. Luckily for me, I hung out about one feet above everyone. So th this is an anecdotal story. And a couple other people chimed in, like, you know, three people got COVID out of 12,000 people at an event. And every and the media wrote – some of the media that wrote about it were actually at the event, okay? These – God, these snobbish mainstream media people who don't like Bitcoin to begin with, who associate Bitcoiners with, uh, you know, far right, all, all these terms – out there, uh, vilifying Bitcoiners and all with all these words that are supposed to uh, shut them up. Okay, uh, that they're supposed to cut them out from the com from the regular society. All right, there is a, so uh, the the articles basically said there were there were no mask rules, there were no this, there were no that. So this is and and the story started spreading. You know that the uh, Bitcoiners were uh, killing the world out there. So th this is what the, the takeaway that some of these people that were in attendance, this is their biggest takeaway. They were bitter and sad because people were free. There were about 1% of the people there were wearing masks. It was all voluntary. Everyone was given a free mask, by the way, in their little goodie bags. But no, this is the way it is. This is life. And so now Larry wants is an attention whore, I guess, and wants people to retweet him. And and, all, and the people who talk about this love the attention of saying, "Oh, huh, it was so it was you know tra traumatic to, to be around people that this was." Dude, I've been in my I was in Miami for a month, and then I was in Miami at, at, for three months beforehand. It, it's normal. It's it's 2019. Okay. Get used to it, people. I mean, you can have your freakish lock yourself up in your fake new normal or whatever. But and, and so now it's the narrative is, you know, Bitcoin is just a troublemaker of the world. It's involved in hacks. It's involved in getting people sick. And so I, I was a, I was a little surprised that uh, this was, this was the takeaway uh, for some people in Miami. I think it, it's it's pretty low. It's a low point. But it, all the healthy people that were there who had a great time. Now there could be no doubt in your mind how low the mainstream media will stoop because their articles about this were just lies. It's it just filled with exaggerations about two anecdotal stories about people. It, did anyone die? Did the hospitals fill out because 12,000 people went to, uh, to, to, to a conference in Miami? No, not at all. There were young, healthy people there and maybe two of them got a false positive. I don't even know. So I, I, I wanted to put, I, I think, it's, it's just important to talk about what liars the mainstream media is. So uh, what, I, the, the main question is what your, your takeaway from the, uh, the Miami conference was. But I, I, what's your takeaway on that, too, Justine? Well, I just so to clarify, uh, Larry, his was a joke, first of all. Like the whole thing was about him being super tall, right? And Eric Wall did come out and say, hey, you know, I caught COVID. 
I'm sick. I find it a little bit weird that that's something that you want to tweet. Um, you know, just saying, maybe, maybe not, maybe don't tweet your, you know, I don't know. I don't tweet when I have a cold or allergies. Maybe we don't need to tweet that, but you know, whatever. Um, but anyways, I will say that Larry, he said it as a tweet and now I've seen multiple tweets from him, like making fun of that. This is news and that this is like what people are concerned about. So, you know, just to like push back slightly. I, but, but the thing that I think is interesting is uh, there was a whole group of individuals that went to Miami for the conference, but didn't go to the conference. And they said that repeatedly, right? Like we have no interest in going to the Bitcoin conference. I was kind of giving them a hard time that, you know, altcoiners are so unoriginal, they can't even plan where to meet up with their friends without piggybacking off of Bitcoin. Um, but yeah, many of these people weren't even at the conference. You know, their Twitter feed is full of being at clubs and strip clubs and pools and partying around Miami. Like, why does that have anything to do with the conference? Um, I didn't see any of them at the conference, but yes. So one hand, it's kind of comical that they would actually say, hey, I caught it at the conference. No, you didn't. You didn't catch anything at the conference. You caught it in Miami, you know, like when you were partying. Let's be silly. Uh, let's not be silly. But the other thing is, yes, all the amazingness that's happened around Bitcoin this week and the fact that news organizations are picking up on three people who have a cold and acting like it's, Bitcoiners are now, you know, uh, we're going to have to push back into quarantine because there's this super spreader event. Like three people walked away from that conference and had a cold. Really? Like that's pretty normal. Like if you go to something, sometimes you pick things up. It's pretty normal. I have every Bitcoiner I saw. I mean, every single one. If you saw me at the conference, I most likely hugged you unless you were just really put off by the idea. I feel great. I feel awesome. Um, you know, so I think some people's immune systems are better than others. Sometimes people get sick. Uh, you know, COVID is some sort of a, a sickness, allegedly. Um, but yes, I think it's silly that this is a focus. It seems like everybody who has it is doing okay. They have some cold symptoms and a fever. The fact that this is a focus at all and trying to paint it as a super spreader event. What the hell is a super spreader event? Um, is absurd. And I think it shows, like you said, the complete and utter, like journalism is dead. Journalists are complete and utter trash, in my opinion, most of them. Um, and I think that this, if the fact that that's the focus, like El Salvador, it just gave freedom to their people. And you want to talk about three people getting a cold. Like, you know, it, this is just where we are in this world. Yeah. Super spreader sells. What, what is super, hey, everything they one, don't one like is called too. super spreader. Yes, but I have not seen any Bitcoin maximalists get COVID from the conference. Is that, huh? It's an interesting, interesting point to say it. Okay, now I, oh, I don't, I, I, I didn't know if Larry was joking or whatever. I don't, I, I, it, it really blew up though. I mean, you it, it, it's, it's taken on a life of its own. Uh, well, before we give the rest of your Miami thoughts, uh, let, let's go to uh, Clown, uh, Heavily Armed Clown. What's your take on this uh, situation? Okay, um, stuff like this is always really jarring for me because I only hear about it through Twitter because I just don't consume mainstream media at all. Like I have all these organizations blocked on Twitter. My Twitter feed is is, is sacred, okay? I, I put a lot of time and energy into uh, managing the mental energy required for me to scroll through my Twitter feed and not hate myself. So I don't even know that these things happen to like people bring them up and start talking about them. And I kind of like hear about them um, through like degrees of separation. And it's, it's just crazy to me. I mean, I haven't, I never stopped doing the things that I like to do and that I normally do over like the last year and a half, you know, for the most part, except for when it came to situations where I, I just couldn't because it, 
was just impossible, right? You know, you understand what I'm saying. Um, I haven't been sick in like five years. Like I legitimately, I don't even remember the last time I was sick. I went to this conference like Justine. I, I had a lot of hugs, shook a lot of hands. I, I feel great. Uh, and, and maybe it's just because the Bitcoin maximalists, so to speak, are predisposed to eating healthier, going outside, exercising, uh, you know, because a lot of like the Bitcoiners I met, they were like healthy, normal people. Like there weren't a ton of like, a, you know, just people who obviously uh, don't take care of themselves. Um, and and I just I, I reject the whole premise. Like I reject the whole narrative is like, I'm not going to stop doing what I like to do and the things, you know, going places that I want to go just because you're afraid of getting sick. If you don't want to be near me because you're afraid that I'm unhealthy, then stay home. Uh, doesn't matter to me. Yeah. And, and I want to say the comments that are underneath these tweets about the that it was a super spreader, the people panicking and the people saying Bitcoiners are evil. Oh, it's no shock that Bitcoiners are stupid. And they, and the insults, the mindless insults, it's, it's unbelievable. Maybe I should be even, it's, it's a waste of time to read it all, but you do learn about mainstream society that they have fallen for it. They, they the narrative that Bitcoin is bad. Bitcoin is, is uh, associated with far rightists who don't believe in science. I mean, the, the connections these fools were making are somewhat unbelievable. I mean, they just, they eat up the mainstream media stuff. And they, when they see that word super spreader, they don't care that it was just a three anecdotal stories. They say, yeah, it was a super spreader event. So, uh, Tarantula, what, what, you weren't there, but what do you, what's your take on this nonsense? Uh, well, uh, recently I've been reading into, uh, media companies, uh, and like, uh, who's kind of like working on the board of directors and, and he's like, executive positions at these corporations uh just because it you know it's striking how uh you know the 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 truth is coming out about this virus but yet they're still perpetuating the narrative and uh what i've come to discover is that there are actual board members or uh, executive employees of these pharmaceutical corporations that manufacture these vaccines uh installed at these media corporations all over the world and so it's no wonder that that this is that this has happened and that they're that they're instantly taking three people that have even said that uh, you know like publicly that they were at parties and everything else and shown proof that uh, they weren't like at the conference per se when they were you know doing their super spreading that the, the media is lying about uh it's just it's not surprising to me because literally they have individuals installed to keep the narrative going in these places and it's just people are slaves to the media they they believe everything that they see on tv and it just it makes me sick nobody is capable of critically thinking for themselves or questioning it and it makes me just insane but uh, i i think that 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 line alone that that line alone right there people are slaves to the media and they don't there's no critical thinking anymore and it frustrates you so much me too dude me me too i i can't it sickens me so when i when i see this it, it just i mean i i had family members contacting me about this okay so it's it's personal it's personal they're like you were at a super spreader so it's it's very it, it did it, it it bothered me to, to say the least and uh that that shouldn't be our, our main takeaway from the bitcoin conference so we're, we're gonna get back from what our real takeaways were but real justine has to leave sort of soon so i want her just to talk about uh 
before she talks about the Bitcoin conference and her main takeaways, talk about your, your, your job. I mean, a year ago when you were on my show, you didn't you didn't work for Unchained Capital. You are in motion. You are now getting paid to be a Bitcoiner here. So, Justine, take it away. Oh, she's I see. Oh, it's I see her. I don't see her face. You're, you're muted and we don't see your face. It just says MH for Miss Hoddle. Follow follow her there. Come on back, Justine. All right, we'll we'll go to uh, we'll go to heavily on clown. What what were some of your uh, high you know the highs and lows of the conference? I know the uh, the line for the men's bathroom, the logistics on the first day uh, could have been improved. But those do I, I I love the guys at Bitcoin Magazine. They did improve things on the second day um, in terms of logistics, and they put on a great event. Uh, with that said, what's what are your highs and lows? Yeah, um, bullet point real quick on that last topic. The uh... I like to call um, what all the things that the media tells people to believe that they just repeat. I call those fiat thoughts because they're literally decreed by the media into people's brains and people just repeat them as truth. So a little, little nugget there. I thought you guys might like that, but I, I really totally agree with you. I thought the conference, you know, I can't imagine what it's like to put on an event for that many people. I, I have no idea what the logistics and what the backend operations look like. Um, I'm sure it is not an easy thing to do. Uh, and I think, you know, my experience at the conference was probably colored by the fact that I had, you know, VIP tickets because I was a speaker. So I didn't have to wait in the line the first day. You know, I had a little we had like some extra space set aside and, you know, access to, to food that wasn't like in the long runs at the food truck and all of that colored my experience. So it's probably a little bit biased or like a little bit different than uh, the average general admissions person's experience. But I really, really enjoyed it. I had a really great time. I thought Bitcoin Magazine did a great job. Um, I would have liked, I, you know, when Ben and I talked, um, we talked on like the smallest stage they had, we called it the C-list stage. Um, we had lots of people come up to us and say, man, why weren't you guys on the main stage? That would have been awesome. I don't know. Go talk to the, the Bitcoin mag guys, probably because the, most of the people on the main stage are way more important, have way bigger audiences or paid way more money to be there. Um, or they were paid money to be there. Right. I mean, it's, it's just a numbers game, people. Right. I mean, you might have liked what we had to say more, but that's because you came and sought us out and we're just a diamond in the rough, I guess. But there were a lot of great speakers. There were some eh, speakers. Right. But I, what I did think they did really well was carving out space um, for kind of just Bitcoiners to be Bitcoiners, right? You had the FOSS dome, which was awesome. You had the SWAN dome, which was great. That was a good time. And it was it was just um, in general, like I thought it was really good. I expected there to be some sort of mask Nazism going on. I didn't see any of that. I did not feel any sort of social pressure on any of that type of stuff at all. Um, you know, the, the after parties and stuff, all that stuff. It was a good time just to go hang out with people and meet Bitcoiners. And, and I just enjoyed the whole experience. So, uh yeah, definitely growing pains. <laughs> like I said, probably not easy to put on an event like that. But I think all in all, they did a pretty good job. Yeah, good review. I had a media pass. So that first day, I didn't have to wait in the line either. So I don't, I don't, I, Justine, did you have to wait in the line to get in the first day? I didn't, but that's because Unchained was a sponsor. So I was okay. there super early and then we went through the sponsor thing. And then I had to like sneak all of our, uh, my my fellow coworkers through who were out in line and we needed to like have them at the booth. So we had to go in and do an operation sneak through. Okay, um, so but yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, no line for me. Uh, I, I didn't see you the first day either. I mean, that's how crowded it was. There's still some people I never got to see uh, that I know were there. And uh, 
But I, I ran into Justine uh, the, the, the second day, actually, and, and heavily armed clown. That was the uh, the first day we were uh, on, the, uh, on the Swan Show together. But Justine, uh, before you talk about your Miami experience, I, I did want you to, to, to share a year ago you were you were on my show. And now a year later, you're working for a Bitcoin company. You're, you're, you're getting paid to talk about Bitcoin. Uh, you're in motion. I, I love it. I encourage people to get jobs in the space. So how would you do it? And uh, how can other people get jobs in the space? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, a year ago, I would suggest I, I joke that I just post on Twitter and kind of openly share my journey. Um, my journey into Bit Bitcoin, I say, it was turbulent. The fall down the rabbit hole was very turbulent for me because I did not come from a technical standpoint. So there were a lot of aspects that I didn't understand um, and therefore, you know, just wasn't really all in. And I look back and go, dang it, like if I would have known these things, I could have gotten in so much earlier, right? I could have saved so much time. So um, just kind of like short story. Yes, love Bitcoin, obsessed with it. I love John Ballas's quote of like, if you're not obsessed with Bitcoin, you don't understand it, right? Like, we're all obsessed with it. So um, I've been helping my family run their small business for a few years. I kind of revamped it to where it was running itself. It wasn't something that I was super passionate about, wanted to make a career change and kind of decided, hey, if I'm here all the time and I'm going to change careers anyways, maybe I should throw some feelers out into the space. So I made a tweet thread, you know, without doxing myself entirely, just saying, like, here's some of the experience I have. Here's what I want. Um, I was really, really uh, specific about if I was going to work in the space. I wanted Bitcoin only and I wanted a company that was doing something I believed in. Um, and so, yeah, Unchained Capital happened to reach out to me, spoke with Joe, CEO, for a little bit. And now I get to help individuals hold keys, learn about their Bitcoin keys and move funds off of exchanges. And I, I think it's extremely empowering. Uh, people who would not be doing it if there wasn't somebody to hold their hand. You know, I think that um, in Bitcoin, there's a lot of different choices right and everything's about trade-offs and there's some people who are not ready to go ring up their you know own multi-sig on spectre or you know they're terrified of this hardware device and what a key is and so essentially i get to get people on a call teach them what a key is help them hold their funds um and yeah so i'm 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 really passionate about it it's been a crazy couple i guess six months now starting in january um but yes i think for anybody who's looking if you're super passionate about bitcoin and want to get started figure out what your values are, figure out what you want to do. I mean, there's Bitcoin or jobs, which is like a, a Twitter handle that posts everything, Unchained hiring, and um, we're growing significantly. Um, so yeah, find your passion and, and don't be afraid to go for it. It was definitely a, it was definitely a terrifying moment being like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to just throw this out there. But I, I, I have to thank the space because um, as much as a, I think I, I'm I'm hard to handle sometimes. This space really, really did support me when I threw that out there, and I got a ton of retweets and and people just being really supportive. So thank you for that. But yeah, if you, if you want to do it, do it, man. Um, I don't regret it at all. I get to talk about Bitcoin all day. It's pretty cool. She, she was in motion. She put herself out there. People, don't be a tree hiding in your basement complaining about viruses. You gotta you gotta be out there. And in there's so much opportunity in this space, and you're living it. So your Miami highlights because I know you got you got to get out of here real soon. I do have, I've got a call in a minute. Um, Miami highlights were just seeing Bitcoiners. I'm not a huge fan of big social gatherings. Uh, the conference itself was cool. Like I'm, I'm really happy that everybody put it together. I realized very quickly early on that I was not their target market, right? So there were some things that I, I didn't really agree with of what they did and how they focused. But I got to see Bitcoiners, which is just, man, like Bitcoiners are another breed. And I, it's, I'm, a, I'm addicted to being around them. So I actually get to meet people I hadn't even met in the space yet and had been super close to. So it was amazing. I had an amazing time. For me, it was 
really intense because everybody unchained, you know, we were there, but we actually were still working. Like there was nobody at home doing our job. So we were still working and then doing conference and doing events. Um, so it was a pretty chaotic week. I didn't get to see everybody that I would like to. Um, but I think overall it was great. I think it um, put the name out there and, and maybe people's ear that wouldn't have heard it before. Um, I thought it was a really great show of, of what we talked about earlier of just, we're gonna get out here and we're gonna choose to interact in a social environment and people can wear masks if they want. People can decide not to come if they don't want to, but this is what we're doing. So I thought overall it was pretty great. All right. Well, it was great to meet you in person and we arranged that you'd be on the show again when I saw you in person and it's great to have you back in the show. So good luck on the call, Justine. We'll, we'll let you go Thank and you we guys. will uh, we will continue uh, without you here. Pound that like button for Justine. You guys enjoy. See you, Justine. Bye. All right, now, heavily armed clown, I'm gonna go back to you with, with specifics. Did, did you hear the, were you there for the Ron Paul speech? Yeah, it was. That do you think great. he's lost? Do you think he's lost it there a little bit? No, no. I, I, am impressed by any eighty-five-year-old man that okay. can get up on a stage and ramble for thirty minutes. I mean, and <laughs> and the fact that he went like twenty minutes over his time slot and pushed the whole conference back for the entire day, and nobody took the time to stop him. I mean, it's Ron Paul. It's it's freaking Ron Paul. And I actually got to meet him, and I talked to him for like ten minutes. And I mean, like what, what? He talked to me for like 10 minutes just about liberty. And yeah, he's not a Bitcoiner, but you know what? He's the vanguard. Um, a lot of these, these, these older guys, they're just never, they're not going to understand Bitcoin. They're never going to understand Bitcoin. They're going to die and the world's going to move on. Um, but, but Ron Paul, he, he's a great man. I, I really have a lot of respect for Ron Paul. His book and the Fed changed my life. Uh, and I told him that when I met him. Um, all right. good, 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 love? Good, good points about him. You had a very positive take on the uh, on the rambling there. Very, very good take there. And he is 85. That that I I forget about that because I just compare, you know, what's Biden is like 70 something. So I, you know, Biden sound he sounded about the same as Biden. I, I would I, I'll leave it at that right there. Now, uh, a something that uh, that came up and uh, Tarantula can comment on this, too. But we'll start with you. Uh, uh, heavily armed clown, toxic versus not toxic. There, there seemed to be a, a divide uh, among uh, the Bitcoiners. There, there were some people that were like, toxicity is totally awesome in social media. And if you're not with us, you're against us. And uh, Eric Voorhees uh, responded to that and said it was BS. I don't know if you're around for that part. Uh, but as some people cheered, some people booed. But there is this overall question here, the way people go about uh, – and people you know, people are free to do whatever they want to. I, If you want to be toxic, be toxic. If you want to be untoxic, be untoxic. But there's there seems to be a clash at times. So what is your take on that clash? All right. So I don't give a fuck about people's feelings. Like I, I've just kind of been that way for, for yeah. years in my life. But I think a lot of people on – Bitcoin Twitter confuse autism with toxicity. Um, I think there's there's a difference, right? Like, because if, if you're communicating a certain way and it's intentional, it's different than just being a jackass. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I don't I don't mean to say, oh, well, you, we need to meet these people where they're at. Like, I designed an entire website around trying to poke, you know, like 10% of people that are willing to be curious and ask questions and, and bring those because those are the people I want to have the conversation with. And yes, toxicity works at filtering out the 90% who are just regurgitating mainstream media or they just want to lecture you or, you know, that they're um, concerned trolls. Like that, that's really what toxicity is about. And I, I, 
I think, but you know, you need to be kind of careful. Like don't be just antisocial for no reason. Don't, don't be just a dick. Like people that are genuinely curious and genuinely asking questions, you don't need to attack them and say, Oh, why are you so stupid? Why do you not already understand the difficulty adjustment? I mean, this topic is complex, right? And, and a lot of times what people need is a little bit of handholding, a little bit of resources, like, you know, a little bit of advice and like, yes, they're not going to understand it right away. Uh, but you don't necessarily Toxicity is the answer like 80% of the time, in my opinion. Very interesting that you uh, said the, the 90% who regurgitate the mainstream media. That's it's unf- I, I call them the 80%ers. I hope it's not high as high as 90%. My lord. All right. Uh Tarantula, what is your take on toxicity? You're you're on you're on Twitter, man. you you these guys are linked to below again. You can follow them on Twitter, but you're you're a player on Twitter, uh, Tarantula. What's your a toxicity take? Or have you been in a car accident here? I don't see you. Okay, there you are. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, no car accident. Uh, just trying to make sure I can hear everything. We're getting some pretty heavy rain. Uh, but the toxicity, uh, I keep it 100% toxic. Uh, be, but I don't like to be uh, aggressive in regards to calling people stupid uh, because they don't understand something or a particular aspect of uh, Bitcoin. Uh, I, I I'm with heavily armed clown here. I think that, uh, you know, uh, it, it is, uh, I think it's something that, uh, helps to keep things in check. Honestly, uh, we are actually like a checks and balances crew. in, in my eyes, you know, uh, when, when the BS starts to flow, the toxic maximalist shows up and says, Hey, look, you know, this is not correct. And what you're preaching and what you're pushing is going to get people hurt. And I think that there's a place for that, honestly. Uh, in regards to people being vulgar towards others and condescending, I, I don't think that that's cool, honestly. Uh, because really, Bitcoin should be inclusive uh, when it comes to helping teach people and, and providing resources uh, for individuals to learn. Uh, so uh, that's my opinion. Uh, but uh, I think that maximalism and toxicity go hand in hand and uh, think that uh, they work well together. And I believe that they have their place. Now, uh, go. I'm going to ask you what I asked uh, Justine. She's in motion. She's doing she's in the Bitcoin space. So are you. So can you talk about what you do, your your, your job a little bit? Are, are you allowed to discuss that? Uh, I can. Uh, as chief technical officer at uh, Midstream Enterprises, uh, we assert, uh, ascertain uh, uh, stranded gas wells that would go to uh, waste. The, the assets aren't capable of being brought to market. And so we develop a digital pipeline and uh, we bring the market to the molecule, so to speak. And uh, what this does is uh, allows us to mine Bitcoin off of stranded gas. Uh, these are uh, wells that uh, are not serviceable under any circumstances by regular pipelines. And so the methane or CH4 leaks into the atmosphere. Uh, it's destructive uh, in a way that's uh, 30% more harmful to the atmosphere than CO2 is. And so through doing this, we're providing an environmental service as well as also providing jobs to local municipalities and uh, uh, you know revenue for taxes and uh, jobs to local employees and stuff uh, when we establish a uh, 
to build. Uh, the other thing we're doing is we're helping to uh, build the network out even further uh, through uh, the rescuing of equipment that would have gone to waste. Uh, we buy used equipment and we redeploy it, even if it's damaged. Uh, one of my jobs is to refurbish broken or used equipment so that we can maintain peak efficiency and prevent wastage in the uh, in the uh, Bitcoin mining space. Uh, so uh, because of uh, the uh, resources that we're utilizing are stranded. Our cost for electricity is pretty low. So we're capable of uh, picking up this damaged equipment and uh, putting it back together or the really outdated equipment and uh, deploying it and still being able to maintain margins that allow us to uh, keep stay in the game. And uh, so uh, pretty much what I do is uh, uh, build Bitcoin mining networks. <laughs> Dude, you Bitcoin is good for the environment, man. That's what you're proving right there, I think. I, I actually just sent you an article over DM. We had a guy uh, named Nima who basically talked about what you're doing. Uh, so you'll, you'll be interested in reading uh, cool. that art, art article. All right. Uh, and let's go to Heavily Armed Clown. What are, what are you doing in the space? What are, what, are, what are projects you're working on? Anything you want to talk about? Sure, yeah. Um, by the way, Tarantula, your job is badass, man. Um, but – yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going off grid right now, actually. <laughs> hell yeah, dude. I love it. So actually, I intend within the next four or five months, I will be working full-time in Bitcoin as a software engineer. Within yeah. the next four or five months. Uh, it's taken me years to get to the point where I'm ready to say that. And uh, But I'm like, I'm starting to really find my feet in software. I'm, you know, I've been working the whole full-stack curriculum over at Lambda School. Um and I am already in talks with like several Bitcoin companies that are ready to like say, yeah, you know, like we'll, we'll pull the trigger on this. So uh, I don't want to say anything about like who yet, because obviously, you know, it, it hasn't been I'm still ironing out the details, but it is happening and it is happening soon. And uh, learn to code, guys, learn to code. Uh, yeah. So how how desired are, are I mean, from what I've heard, if you've got that uh, coding skill, I mean, you are highly desired, right? I mean, you can get any job, it seems like. Oh, absolutely. And talk to anybody that works in Bitcoin and they will tell you um, that the good companies, they want to hire Bitcoiners, right? So if you're a Bitcoiner and especially if you're one of these toxic maximalists, right? And you, you're, you're willing to fight the good fight and you know, you're, you're, you line up with the mission um, and, and you have the skills, like you're going to have, you're going to be fighting them off to be quite honest, especially if, you, if you're networked. We are living in a golden age here. Okay. Of technology. This is, this space is growing so much. So, hey, you, you guys can get, get some technical skills. You can even have marketing skills. They need all sorts of people all over the place. Justine's marketing, your technical, and, of course, uh, Tarantula is uh, – that's uh, hardcore uh, engineering uh, skills. Uh, all right. Yep. So let, we're, we're going we're gonna to end the show in a couple minutes here, but I just want to – we'll go around one last time. Tarantula, did you have anything else to say, any other topics – uh, any, any other news out there? Any big stories that you wanted to talk about uh, that we didn't we didn't bring up? Uh, not not right offhand. Uh, uh, the only thing I want to say is uh, don't be a slave to the mainstream media. Don't listen to the BS. Don't be afraid. Go out, live your life, and go to the BitBlock Boom conference. Don't listen to any of the crap about super spreader or any of that nonsense. And just keep it a hundred. Bitcoin to the moon. Dude, that was a really good conclusionary statement right there. I like that. Pound that like button. All right, heavily armed clown. Any other big stories this week you wanted to bring up? Any conclusions? Anything? The floor is yours. Um, 
No, I don't. I don't think any more like current events or anything. Um, you know, fuck bureaucrats, fuck uh, the IMF, fuck uh, central banking and uninhibited debt expansion, and uh, Bitcoin's gonna win. Uh, Jack Mallers is a is a, a monster, and I I love that kid, and uh, I I hope I hope that like he understands. You know, like, because he repeats it over and over and over. I will die on this hill. I will die on this hill. I just hope he understands that there's a whole lot of us that have his back, and we will die on this hill too. Yeah, I hope he does not sacrifice his life for Bitcoin, though. I, I do worry that he is a target, a very yeah. big target now for uh, people who are uh, against Bitcoin, people that could uh, put him in a – you know, we, part, part, we heard about uh, – uh, what's what's his face? Uh, Ross Ulbrich, uh, you know his situation at, at the uh, at the conference. So, the the government uh, can be very strong uh, when you're you're dealing with uh, a, a controversial topic. So I just uh, Jack has a way about it. He he really puts himself out there and he does it to the extreme. And he's young, and I think he just he needs to be careful. He needs mm -hmm. he needs to be careful. Do not sacrifice your life. Because again, people do support him. I think I think that that's a that's a good reminder. You don't have to destroy yourself because there's other people that are going to be able to help you. And I, I do worry that he's not he doesn't see the full picture here, and that something, God forbid, God forbid, he becomes a target because he's his business. You know, if someone audited when you're dealing with money transfers like that, they could find any problem they want to, and if they don't like you, they can make your life a living. You know what? So. I would say take a page out of Cody Wilson's book too. Um, keep yourself clean, you know, because if you're going to make yourself yeah, an enemy, you got to be tactful. You got to be, you've got to be untouchable, and uh, that's where Cody made a big, big mistake. So, all right, dudes. On that, on that note, it was a quite a this week in Bitcoin show. Best freaking guest in the space. I bring you every Friday. It was quite a week in Bitcoin. One extreme to another. Fud at the beginning. Elizabeth Warren at the end. Miami lies. Who knows? Who knows what you're gonna get here? But you know you're gonna. It's gonna be here every single Friday. So everybody, uh, thank you, guests. Pound that like button. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Subscribe to the channel and. Uh, Shabbat Shalom. We will see you soon. And yeah, check out the uh, yesterday's show too. It was awesome. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, guests. Spread the word on Twitter. I'm TechBall, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Bye-bye. All right. Let me end it over Later. here.